Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Yeah, it's great um, taking the whole month and going to be ministering every Sunday here in Kalamazoo as I did uh, last month in Vandalia and going through the same messages on, on the different pathways, different ways we connect with God. One uh, little note, it's in the bulletin in the exhortation, but the reason we're doing the offering for the Asia missions is because um, uh, I have the opportunity myself and Pastor Anthony are going to Japan to spend a week with the Sagers, minister at their church, and then going to Thailand to spend uh, six days with the Gordons as they uh, are just launching. They had their first meeting in, in, in December and had over 40 people attend their first meeting. Uh, at least half they knew were, were completely non-Christian, just uh, Thai uh, people that they had met. And so it's a great opportunity. And so the money that you donate to the Asia mission will all be given to either the Sagers or the Gordons. We'll divide it between them uh, to bless them. Thankfully, God has already provided our travel expenses, so it's not to cover us getting there. It's money to sow into the the church in Japan and the, uh, one of the least reached nations in the world, by the way, and to sow into um, Thailand. <laughs> I've never been to Thailand. <coughs> Maybe next time you can come with me. Would you like that? So it's pretty good. All right. So uh, pathways uh, is the series, and what we're talking about are, are different ways that people connect with God. Uh, our pathway is your most natural way that you connect and uh, with God as well as grow spiritually. Now, um, it's similar to our personalities. Um, everyone is made unique, <coughs> and God has crafted us to be different in different ways. And so this is kind of like taking the idea of personalities or spiritual gifts. <coughs> I thought I had that in there. Uh, but applying it to growing spiritually. All right. So you know how some people are extroverts, some people are introverts, some people are phlegmatics, uh, clerics. And you learn how to relate to those people. Or, or, or if you're, you find out which one you are, you learn how to express yourself. So in the same idea... Uh, this is ways that we connect with God, connect with things spiritually, and grow spiritually. And just like everyone is a mix of personalities, everyone is a mix, has a mix of, of, of pathways, pathways that they, they prefer or, or are natural to, and pathways that they are least likely to grow spiritually or connect with God. And so over this series, we're, we're going to talk about each one, and, or each of the seven primary pathways that uh, have been developed by um, some guy who wrote a book, Gary Thomas, uh, <laughs> and a lot of people have studied this. Um, there is a test. There's some paper copies back on the table there by the entranceway, but you can also uh, access it online. It's a bit.ly uh, a PDF that you can download and give it to your friends and take tests and compare. <coughs> uh, it's really important. A lot of people will listen to these messages and they'll say, well, I never actually took the test. And I, uh, if, you, you know, if, if you come up and tell me that, I might just slap you. <laughs> All right, because you've got to take the test and add up the numbers because it, it does make a difference. Sometimes, it, the, sometimes people vary only by a few numbers, like you know, 16 versus 14, 
but that tells you which one you're a little stronger and which one you're a little some sometimes you vary by significant like 19 and the other pathway is two <laughs> and so it just, it just really does help. And the idea is that you, we need to learn to lean into, everybody say lean into. Lean, yeah, lean into the person next to you. Lean into, only if, if it, be, be cool about it. Okay. <laughs> lean into your primary pathways. So once you identify your primary ways you connect, lean into that. Stretch, everybody stretch. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, stretch into the different pathways because it helps you reach in the ways that you don't normally get to. Maturity is competency in all the pathways. And so uh, that's the idea that you need to understand, is that means just because you, your primary pathway may be worship or, or relational, like we talked about last week, doesn't mean you can neglect the other ones. But you need to get to the place where you can grow spiritually in all of the pathways. Last week we looked at uh, relational Today we're going to talk about the intellectual pathway and the worship pathway. <clears throat> so the intellectual pathway means that you draw close and connect with God as you learn more about Him and His ways. So knowledge and learning is very, very high on your uh, spiritual connectivity path. You know, that's how you get stuff. That's how you feel connected with the God or you feel like something's happened on a spiritual realm when, the, when your gears start turning intellectually or you make a, a, a connection between two ideas and you go, wow, you get it. <clears throat> you have little patience often for emotional approaches. And so other people that get emotional <coughs> about maybe some truth or uh, uh, after a service, they may be excited or they feel passionate, and you're like, you know, you, the emotional aspect of church or the emotional aspect of spirituality, it just doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't grab you. And sometimes that maybe uh, makes you feel disconnected with them or they feel disconnected with you. Thinking, for you, trumps feeling. How many know what I mean by that? All right? <laughs> okay. You're probably intellectual. Right? Thinking trumps feeling. It's like, I don't care what you feel. This is the way it is. <laughs> you know? But I feel. Well, feelings are great, but feelings change. But the truth never changes, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, you, you just, you're just wired that way. You think. Where other people... Uh, much more wired in the area of feeling. If they don't feel it, it's not real. You know? Where if you don't understand it, it's not real. Um, <clears throat> and remember that it's not like one is right and the other is wrong. These are just different ways that we as individuals connect, and we're all a balance of, of a mix of them. During a testimony service, or if there's a service where people are coming up and sharing, oh, this happened to me, or, uh, uh, you know, their exhortations, personal experiences, you may sit there and go, will they ever get to the message? All right, please, you know, like, okay, so that happened and that, that's nice. Can I hear some teaching, All right? And where other per the person next to you will walk out going, oh man, that testimony just so changed my heart. And you're going, what? 
it was a waste of time. <laughs> you know, and I know this because I've, I've been around church long enough and I've, I've had services where one person will come up and say, man, when so-and-so came and shared that vision that they had, wow, that was it. You know, and the other person was like, why do you let people come up and talk? <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. So your devotional time, if your intellectual <coughs> pathway is, is usually you have commentaries. You know what a commentary is, all right? <laughs> uh, Bible dictionaries uh, and other biblical resources. You know, just reading through the Bible is not enough for you. You want to you look up words. You want to know what the Greek, the, the Hebrew is. You uh, uh, often take notes. When you're listening to a message or even during your personal Bible study, you get the wide margin Bible and you don't draw pictures in it. You write notes <coughs> and you write your own list of cross references, which I do. I have a computer program that I can make my own cross references. And so I don't have to rely on those little margin ones, which are often lame. <laughs> Sometimes they're good. Um, <clears throat> you love to study. You love to take classes. You love to go to seminars. If there's some uh, avenue by which you can learn something more, you're going you're gonna to make time for that because that's how you grow. In fact, you could do with a lot less music and a lot more sermon, all right? And like I said uh, last week, there's different churches that develop based on the leader or the founder's pathway. And so there are uh, many churches that the teaching, in fact, I, I can show you books and whole paradigms of ministry where everything in the service needs to point and align to the, the sermon. Like every song, every aspect of the service is aligned to the preaching point. And that's because uh, of a historical tradition built on someone who really had the intellectual pathway as the primary, and then they, they just patterned the whole church out of it. And, and, and then there's other pathways, we're going to talk about this later today, is the worship, where it's kind of the opposite. Everything is about the worship, the singing part of it. Uh, and, and the sermon is like tacked on to the end. <laughs> so if you're an intellectual, you're like, let's get through the music. <clears throat> In fact, you probably show up 20, 25 minutes after the music started. <laughs> you sit in for that last song. Uh, I had a couple who, who's one, one of the couples was a worship uh, uh, pathway, and the other couple was the intellectual pathway. And so the one that was a worship wanted to get to church early so that they're there right at the beginning of the worship service. And the other one just didn't care, didn't bother, you know, and so there was tension, right? And so the solution to that is you just drive two cars. <laughs> it's not that far. <laughs> anyway, all right. <clears throat> when and only when you're totally convinced of something can you go forward with conviction. And this is a good, good thing to know is that you need to be convinced in order to have conviction. And so the, the avenue to your conviction is through your understanding. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing. <clears throat> uh, here's some scriptures that kind of reflect this pathway. Do not be conformed to this world. You know, for each one of these pathways, you can find scriptures, and then you can use that scripture and to argue that this is the most biblical. But the fact is that there are scriptures for all of them. So this one, do not be conformed uh, to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. You have to, you know, God gave you a brain. Use it. 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, or another one, Paul writing to Timothy, saying, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the uh, word of truth. In other words, we need to learn how to study God's word so that we can understand what it actually means. And that, that requires our mind being renewed. It requires learning how to study scripture. Or <clears throat> I like the example of the author of Luke and also who also wrote the book of Acts and how he introduces the gospel. He says, It seemed good to me also, <clears throat> having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account that you may know the certainty of those things which you were instructed. So you, you see Luke, the author, um, starting out the uh, narrative of Jesus' life with this uh, 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 expressing that he had really studied this. He'd put everything together, and he really had a perfect or a complete or a mature understanding, and he wanted to explain it orderly. You know? And so here's a, someone with that intellectual pathway communicating it in a way for someone else probably with the same pathway. So again, this is just an example where you can see these pathways revealed in Scripture. Other uh, people that uh, demonstrate this pathway would be Paul, who is considered a scholar even <coughs> uh, by secular uh, historians because the level of Greek that he used in writing uh, the epistles, the reformers. Most of the reformers were scholarly. They saw and knew the importance of understanding and, and the word. C.S. Lewis, Ravi Zacharias would be today uh, someone who, man, just is, is the, the, the order of his thinking, his arguments. Uh, Timothy Keller, another uh, incredible teacher of God's word. These people just connect intellectually. <coughs> um, Build on your strength. So what you want to do is uh, uh, find things that enable you to grow. This is your primary way. Use it to grow. Study the Bible. Don't just read it. Everyone needs to read their Bible. Everyone should read some scripture every day. Everyone should study scripture on a regular basis. That might be weekly or monthly where you sit down and you go deeper, get a Bible uh, study booklet or learn some way, but for you, you should be studying at least once or twice a week where you're taking time to dig in deeper. You're looking up words, you're uh, discovering different ways to extract information or deeper understanding out of Scripture. Challenge yourself intellectually by learning new ways to study God's Word. There are many, many, many different ways, whole books written on different ways to, uh, to get stuff out of God's Word. You know, uh, maybe you've never done a character study where you've taken a character <coughs> in Scripture and looked at every time that that person is referred to in Scripture and then write out everything that uh, applies to that person and then find out uh, what's the main theme or topic of that person's life and how does that person reflect different attributes of God. And so, I mean, there's just tons of information that you can learn by doing a character study or a book study. Take one book of the Bible and tear it apart. 
figure out the whole, the theme of it, the progression of it, the historical background to it, the author, the audience, learn everything. You know, start with a small one, like... Uh, first john or third john <laughs> you know but then do the book of hebrews that was what changed my life do the, the book of romans totally when i did the whole book of romans it really revolutionized the way i understood the whole new testament um <clears throat> but there's other ways there's word studies there's uh, topical studies all kinds of uh, different ways to study the bible read great books right someone asked me recently what one book would I recommend for people learning how to preach? And my answer was a book. <coughs> well, which book? Any book. Just read a book. All right, and the idea is uh, when you read a book, it forces you to think in an organized way uh, for most books <laughs> because the author has put the information down in an orderly way, and it trains your brain to think in a particular way. Read commentaries, read textbooks, read books by people you disagree with. All right? Everyone say, Amen! Because yeah. if you only read or uh, get import, listen to uh, people who preach stuff that you already agree with, you're just going to be convinced all the more how right you are. Are you hearing me? And you get kind of stuck in your own little gutter and around people that just think the way you think. Find someone that thinks something different. I'm not talking necessarily heresy, but even then, sometimes it's if you read some of the stuff that people are saying, that you go, how could they possibly say that? Well, listen, there's probably a, a reasoned thought that they're following, and you need to be able to... to to read it enough to go, ah, there's the mistake, or this is where I disagree with your, your interpretation of Scripture. And so that gives you uh, more intellectual um, understanding of your point, viewpoint. And who knows, you might actually change your viewpoint, or at least have a lot more tolerance for people who have a viewpoint that's different from you because you understand at least, well, this is what they believe and this is why. I don't believe that because of this. Does that make sense? And you never will get that if you only read the books that agree with you, that you already agree with. Find like-minded people in order to keep learning because if you stop learning, be, you become stagnant. So you know what? If this is your pathway, find other people that have this pathway. Hang out with them. Talk about the books that you read reading or studying or the the podcast that you're listening to find classes you know we live in a in an age where you can listen to the best preachers the best biblical i just found out that uh, one of the best best uh, systematic theology books uh, which is just a, a book that goes through like you know what what does the idea of god mean you know systematic theology takes the big ideas of 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 christianity and talks about them in a very organized way. And the guy who wrote this book talks through, does a lecture for each chapter of his book. There's over 100 uh, messages that you can listen to online for free. And you can buy his book, too, and read it. <coughs> uh, or uh, you can go to conferences. Up in Grand Rapids, we have several uh, uh, world-class uh, seminaries and Bible colleges, and you can take classes, and, 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 and some of them offer classes right here in Kalamazoo. 
All right, develop a spiritual formation plan for your mind. In other words, you need to think through what you need to do in order to grow uh, and increase. And one of the best ways to, to, to develop on this strength is to teach a class. The best way to learn something is to uh, force yourself to teach it because you have to learn it to a different level. All right, some cautions. Don't feel guilty if you don't connect or get emotional during worship. All right? So if you're in a room and everyone else is like, they're just singing, they're, they're doing stuff, and you, know, and you just look at them and go, what, what are they doing? <laughs> don't, don't envy them. And don't judge them. All right? Just realize they're experiencing God in a way maybe you don't, or maybe you haven't yet. All right? um, don't judge others and think they're less committed just because they don't understand that you know, the New Testament was written in Greek. And the Old Testament was written, written in Hebrew, <laughs> right? Uh, or they don't understand how many books there are in the Bible. You know, they thought that it was one book. And you're like, no, there's 66 books. And they're like, what? <laughs> All right? Uh, that doesn't mean they're less committed. That just means that they, they're wired a little differently. So th- don't judge. Don't get, feel guilty. Don't envy. Guard against becoming all head and no heart. And this is, this is really the caution because that's, it's so powerful to you and the emotional aspect of, of faith isn't that you can actually make the mistake and it just becomes an intellectual activity. And that can actually uh, hinder uh, true spiritual growth because uh, being smart or having understanding is not equal spiritual maturity, all right? For you and for everyone, to a degree, it is a pa- it's, pa- it's part of the way that we progress to spiritual maturity, but it's not an equivalency. Um, Paul says it this way <coughs> in 1 Corinthians. He says, Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. As Paul is saying, if he could understand everything, and he had all faith so that he could r- remove mountains, but not love, I am nothing. So in comparison to love, knowledge is nothing. And we need to keep that balance in mind. Information should lead to encounter. All right, and it's kind of uh, Bill Johnson's, one of his main themes is that, you know, when you learn something about God or something about the kingdom, it should lead to an encounter with him or a change of behavior, an encounter with uh, uh, in life that, that demonstrates that, listen, if you're learning about God Almighty, the supernatural, the things of the Spirit, truth, freedom, love, justice, wow, it should lead to transformation. And if it's not, maybe you've only gotten the intellectual part and you have to learn how to activate it. Does that make sense? <coughs> All right. Ways to stretch would be to develop yourself, um, devote yourself to corporate and private worship and prayer. Uh, allow that learning, when you learn more things about God, about the things of the Spirit, allow that to lead you into adoration. All right? So that knowledge should lead you somewhere. But you need to make a, you need to discipline yourself because it doesn't come easily for you to spend time in prayer or, or to spend time in corporate worship. Find ways to grow your spirit and soul as well as your mind. Understand that you have different components of your body. 
of, of your being and uh, your spirit and your soul often, um, you know, you can be neglected if you have a really big mind and, and you need to balance that out and learn how to grow in those other areas. <clears throat> the purpose of my instruction, Paul writes in Timothy, and, and God writes in his word, always keep in mind, it, this is the word of God, so the purpose of instruction, according to the word of God, is that all believers would be filled with love. All right? So instruction is not just to lead to understanding. Instruction is not just to lead to information uh, uh, you know, in your brain. It's to lead to love. And love is, is relational. Love is an expression of God's character to others as well as to yourself. Does that make sense? All right. Um, <clears throat> stretch into that. Stretch into the, and access your ability to be loving while expressing ideas about what you believe. <laughs> Often when you, when you have this pathway, you know, you can just come across real, real, you know, this is truth, this is not truth, but you need to learn how to be loving. You need to learn how to be relational, all right, even if relational is not your pathway. And then serve others using your knowledge. So if God's given you that gift, then serve others. Put it into practice, teaching a class. Spend time looking up, not just looking up scriptures, not just looking up definitions, but look up, all right? Get your head out of the book. Look up, look at the stars, look at other people, you know, embrace life. Uh, Look at creation. Those are all the different ways, and they're actually different pathways. All right, we need to talk about the worship pathway. Um. Uh, and uh, this church is uh, definitely uh, has uh, worship as an emphasis. Uh, I personally rank much higher in the intellectual uh, than I do in, in the worship, and so that's why I'm not a worship leader. <laughs> You've never seen me on the worship team, all right? But the church was founded by uh, Pastor Ken Norberg, who, I mean, the worship pathway was it, man. <laughs> That was it. That was Christianity. <laughs> and um, uh, so uh, we, as a church, you know, kind of, these are two of the emphasis. We, we really have this as a strength, and I'm so happy for that. Um, and if you have this, if this is your pathway, uh, sometimes it seems contrary to the intellectual pathway, but it's, it's not in any way. You have a deep love of corporate praise and worship, uh-huh. Uh, there, that's where you connect spiritually. Uh, you love that first half of church. You want to be there for the song. You probably are on the worship team just so that you can worship more. All right, um, and you may not enjoy the second half of church. You're out in the foyer. <laughs> all right, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, and again, sometimes you have a, a mix. Uh, or if you're mature, you can still grow in, in both. I, I get a lot out of worship. I've learned how to experience God through worship, even though it's one of my least natural ways I can still connect. Um, uh, you feel the worship as well as hear it. Okay, You engage emotionally with music. And a lot of people think that everybody is like that way. And, and to a degree, that's true. Uh, music is the, the uh, you know, international language, uh, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of, of uh, uh, every other dynamic. You know, it it uh, transcends language. Um, 
music can touch people emotionally, but it does so to different degrees. You know, some people are really moved, and if this is your pathway, man, when there's a good worship song going, or, or when you walk into a worship service where there's uh, some, sp- the Holy Spirit's moving, and uh, other people are engaged into actually adoring God or interacting on a worship, not just a concert level, but a worship level, you feel it. Something happens inside, all right? And that's good. <coughs> Uh, if the music is done poorly, sometimes you just tune out. You just, you're aware of that. You, you know when it's not being done well. Other people, I don't even know. I still can't figure out what this whole key thing is. I think a key, you know, goes into a lot. People keep talking, you're out of key. I'm like, would you, they, no one's been able to explain that. <laughs> but some people, you, just, you feel it, you hear it. Uh, um, you have lots of worship music. You listen to it all the time. Uh, you know all the latest uh, worship musicians. I have a, a good friend that um, pretty much 24-7, or at least all the waking hours, uh, especially whenever we're in, in the car, this person has worship music playing right, continually. All right, And so, like, I am the opposite. <laughs> I, I like it quiet, all right? I like to talk, right? But I don't want the music. Could you turn off the music? <laughs> well, they play it continually. And, uh, and, th- and you just you have to accept that, you know? They're, they're nourishing their spirit uh, by having that music. To me, it's a distraction. To them, it's, 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 it's edification. Yeah, it's life-giving, <coughs> and that's okay. Um, you're constantly finding yourself singing, you're, you know, you worship, you're singing, you're making melody in your heart to the Lord, right? All those verses that talk about that. And it's hard for you to feel spiritual if music and song is not included. And so if you just go to a conference and there's a speaker, it doesn't matter how good the, the, the points are or the argument or the information. If there's not a worship song and some prayer, you're like, was that even... Was that even spiritual, you know? (laughs) Where other people will go to that and say, thank God they didn't waste an hour on singing, you know? (laughs) All right, so some examples. King David, right? Wow, he wrote most of the psalms. The psalms are all songs that they would sing. Uh, uh, Psalm 150, let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. I like this one. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening. So like from morning to night, man, you need to be singing and you need to be praising, making music, accompanied with ten-string harps, electric guitars, basses, <coughs> you know, uh, melody of the uh, lyre, lyre, whatever you call that. You look, look, look at that. It says, you thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you've done. Thrilled and joy, all connected with the musical expression. All right? This is someone who connects that way. Uh, and that's good. And so you see this in uh, contemporary worship. Jesus culture uh, is really popular right now. Um, what's the other one from Australia? 
Yeah, see, I don't even know. People come up to me and they'll mention a worship leader or a song, and it's, it's like saying, it, it means nothing to me. I'm like, I'm like I, I have no grid for that. I don't remember any worship leader's names. I don't under know the songs. I just, you know, and, and you, may know, you, may know, you may not come to this church anymore because you find this out. <laughs> it's, it's like other people here do that, all right? I don't do that. Because it just doesn't, I mean, like if I like a song, I'll play the song, you know, and then I forget about it. <laughs> Keith Green, uh, uh, Luther was that way. <clears throat> Build on your strengths, all right? Well, if this is how you connect with God and grow, then by golly, worship. Learn how to worship. Experience worship. Come to the worship night. That's why we have teaching on Sunday and when we do the worship nights. Uh, uh, we got one here once a month. We have one in Vine once a month, and we have one in Vandalia, in Vandalia once a month where you just come together, and they spend an hour, 90 minutes of just worshiping, and there's a much greater amount of uh, freedom of expression uh, in worship. Listen to music <coughs> in your office, in your car, in your home. Make those places your own private sanctuary of praise. That's great. All right, do that. That's good. Learn about other worship traditions. Guess what? When you get to heaven, it's not going to be contemporary 20, 21st century American worship. All right, do you realize that? <coughs> You're going to think it's a big Hillsong Jesus Culture Convention up there. All right, and then you find out that. Uh, 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 contemporary English worship uh, uh, amounts to a tiny fraction of Christian worship tradition, right? Because <laughs> there's like, you know, billions of Christians in other cultures that don't even speak English. Uh, but also different traditions like liturgical traditions where they do, they do things differently, um, they sing different songs. They sing them in different orders. Sometimes they have uh, real complex uh, ideas and, and structures uh, built into the worship progression. And, the, and it really is beautiful. You can discover something. Maybe you won't do it that way, but you'll take elements of it and infuse it into the way that you worship. And that enriches your worship experience. <coughs> Uh, learn an instrument. Uh, learn how to sing, please. <laughs> Just saying, you know. Uh, but, you know, learn an instrument. I uh, actually get so bored with listening to, because uh, I do uh, pray and I spend a lot of time, especially uh, a few years back, I was spending a significant uh, number of hours every week uh, in God's presence with instrumental music. I actually learned to play an instrument because I was so bored with listening to the pre-recorded stuff. I didn't play very good. You'll never hear me play it. But, <coughs> but I can play chords on a, on a guitar well enough that I can just spend some time before the Lord. And this is not my pathway, all right? Uh, but, and if it's your pathway, boy, you really should, uh, whatever instrument it is. Attend worship events. Memorize scripture and sing it, all right? Take that scripture and put it into song form. 
Uh, and listen, this is another big part. Don't hold back in church. Uh, even if it seems like everybody else is. You can lead in this area. This is your strength. The rest of us don't feel as comfortable as you are, but you can increase the energy level uh, and the spiritual level of the, of the worship service so other people engage because you're, you're free in worship. Rick Warren, who actually, if I remember correctly, coined the term seeker-sensitive, all right, and if you know what that means, great. If you don't, don't worry about it. But there tend, tend to be churches that, that disassociate themselves with anything hyper-emotional or to worship. He actually says one of the most powerful things, Rick Warren says the most powerful evangelistic uh, tools is to have a non-Christian see a Christian worship wholeheartedly. And they go, wow. What's going on there? All right? <clears throat> and so it's, it's powerful. So, so be free in worship, okay? Don't hold back. Some cautions, though. Don't judge other people or churches or whole movements because uh, they don't worship like you do or they don't get it or they're, they're less enthusiastic. And when you get all excited about worship and they go, yeah, well, you know, don't judge them. Just understand they're a different pathway. Don't get offended if others think you're too into worship or not balanced, just, just, just hold back and understand they may not understand that you connect best that way, but then don't judge them if they don't connect best that way. Don't be intimidated by the scholars who can tell you the Greek and Hebrew or whatever, all right, but they can't worship, <laughs> you know, or they can't connect like you do. So you're, you don't want to be intimidated by people with other gifts. Understand that this is your strength. But <clears throat> guard against experience-based spirituality that always has you looking for the next high. And this is one of the things. You're, like, you experience something really intense, and so you define that as spirituality. And so you're always kind of seeking that, that really intense spiritual experience. And understand that, you know what? Most of life is day-to-day Routine, sowing, and reaping, and discipline, and study, and then spiritual high, all right? And so you don't want to get kind of a, your fix, going from fix to fix. <coughs> uh, and don't allow a worship song to lack truth just because it's moving, or you like it, or it's popular, all right? If some of the words in it are like, not biblical, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this happens all the time. This is not unusual. This is normal. Many of our contemporary songs, the intellectual guys in the, in the room are going, sorry, but that's just not biblical, you know. But the worship people are like, oh, it's, but it moves my heart, you know. Um, and it's even, it'll be even more moving if it was more, better aligned to truth. Don't idolize the worship. Don't idolize, you know, we worship God. We don't worship worship. Right? Or we don't wor- certainly don't worship, worship leaders. Ways to stretch. Engage in study. Make your mind filled with God's truth so that your heart and your emotions are rooted in, in the solid Word of God. Okay? So when you add knowledge and in- instruction and understanding in Scripture, it's just going to make your worship experience even more powerful. Uh, serve in concrete ways. 
It's great to sing songs, but you know what? Somebody's got to teach Sunday school. Someone's got to take out the trash. Someone's got to set up chairs. And so you can find uh, ways to make those expressions of worship. Uh, remain committed and faithful to your, your, your community of faith, your church, even when the worship might not be as good as you like. Just like an intellectual can go online and listen to the best preachers, you can go online and listen to the most incredible worship events. You can go to uh, conferences and concerts. And, and I had a friend that used to go to one church for the worship because uh, it was just over the top. And then he'd leave after worship and go to another church because they had a better preacher. <laughs> he did this every Sunday for years. Okay? crazy <laughs> you know what do you do <laughs> understand that worship is not synonymous with music and song you know do a do a bible study and worship it actually means bowing down <laughs> all right it doesn't love you know uh, we it's music is used song is used but the actual word in the hebrew means lying prostrate before god getting on your face <clears throat> discover how to worship using each of the pathways so uh, understand that every pathway is really a way to worship and encounter God all right coming up next week we're going to talk about the activists and the contemplative pathways and then following that uh, the serving and the creation pathways uh, you can learn more by the book written by Gary Thomas and again please take the test uh, and check out who you are and try to guess what I am Right. <laughs> You'll know. I'll give it away. So why don't we stand and close with prayer. All right. So, Father, some of us are much more intellectual. Some of us are much more worship. All of us is a combination uh, of all of these. Lord, and we just pray that um, each and every person here today would take some of the information. Uh, and whether today's pathways were their least likely, they can learn how to grow in them. Or if it's their primary ways, they can learn how to be strengthened in them. Father, I pray that everyone here would encounter you in a, in a very real and meaningful way. I pray that no one would leave here untouched in some way by you or by your people. I just speak blessing into their lives, freedom. Lord, you know their needs. You know each person's need. You know where they are in their spiritual journey. And Lord, I pray that you'd open their understanding, the eyes of their understanding, so that, that they can take the next step forward. They can get closer to you in some very real way. Bless them in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. On this side of our